in the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? It is a Friday. It's not apocalyptic weather out there tonight, thank goodness. Cecil Lammy here, Denver Sports Tonight. Got my man Colin on the ones and twos. And a special guest tonight. Usually when I do DST, I'm riding solo. But I had an opportunity, and my uh, boss, the man in charge, James Marilat, was like, let's do this up. So I brought in Luke Patterson, Mile High Huddle. You can follow him on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. Uh, Luke, what's up, man? Uh, just for people that don't know, like you ride for Mile High Huddle. We're actually neighbors in Roxborough, and you and I travel now, what is it, four years? Four, five years? Yeah, four or five years. To the Senior now. Bowl and the Shrine Bowl? Yeah, that's right, man. Scouting talent. The right. Broncos have been lucky enough, fortunate enough. Okay. And. Uh, the fit, the fit's been there for some of those players, like yeah. Baron Browning, a Quinn Miners, right? Some of these cats that are now the nucleus of the Denver Broncos, and I can't wait to have a good show with you, man. Yeah, this is awesome. It's going to be awesome. We even saw Tony Jones, Broncos running back. We saw him at the Shrine Bowl years ago. So, like we we've been on the road together. Mark Schlereth actually has a nickname for you. I don't know if you know this. Okay. Do you know what it is? Is it uh, Cecil Jr.? That's right. Boom. That's, yeah. And we you must have overheard him then. He's <laughs> like, here comes Cecil Jr. I, you know, and I take that as a, t- a term of endearment, really. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if it's coming from a three-time Super Bowl champion. Right. Stink. If he doesn't care about you, he's not going to say well, anything. Well, and here's the right? thing about but, guys. Guys give each other, shut your mouth. Guys give each other grief, right? So, like, if you can't take a little something and give back a little something, then, like, get out of here. We don't need that. So, if Stink is joking around, calling you Cecil Jr., that's a good thing. It means he likes you. Right? Well, and it means we were both wrong on quarterbacks. You ha. get tons of grief for Paxton Lynch, right. but I'm the Trevor Simeon guy. We're two that minutes was, in, you bring up Paxton Lynch. You know, so I'm saying, look. We you would both- call into the fan. <laughs> I remember when you called, and I probably have it written down because I write down all the callers' names, but I remember when you called in one of the times, and it was one of my late-night shows, whatever iteration it was, and you were like, I think you should give Trevor a chance. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not giving Trevor Simeon a chance. He's Peter Parker, man. Yeah. And when Vaughn Miller calls you Peter Parker, you're expecting a little bit more out of Spider-Man. And right. all we got was, I'm not going to call him slappy like you did. Right. Trevor's still bouncing around the league. I digress. We have gotten to see a lot of outstanding young talent in the draft. Uh, I owe a lot of my career to you already, man. So to be on the airwaves of the number one sports station in Denver. I can't wait to get yeah, this started. Yeah, to be here in the Mile High City, that's the thing, and I just said it with Derek and Matt Smith on the drive. Like, if you're going to training camp, and you and I have been going to training camp together and watching practices together, like, if you're going to training camp this year, how excited are you as an analyst, but how excited should fans be because football is back with Sean Payton? No disrespect to the Nuggets, who won a championship that I thought they would never win. I've loved that crow. It's never tasted better. It's time for football. I mean, July is right around the corner. Training camp is right around the corner. Sean Payton has changed things overnight. The Broncos are no longer a desperate football team. They're not going to be the butt of everyone's jokes anymore. This is no-nonsense football, and I can't wait to get to it, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see Sean Payton's practices that I can actually talk about because mandatory minicamp, we've seen glimpses, but training camp's a whole different animal, and I think when you get into also joint practices as well, You're going to see a toughness from this team. You're going to see an attitude. But most importantly, you being a Broncos fan your entire life, like, you're going to see identity. It's been something where if you grew up here like you did, if you went to Mullen and played for Dave Logan like you did, like if you know the Broncos like you know the Broncos, 
They've always had an identity, usually running the football and playing great defense, right? The Shanahan system. It was different under Peyton. It was great under Peyton Manning, right? That was that was different. That was fill the air with footballs, fantastic. Super Bowl 50 was all about defense. But I think over the last six years, or seven if you want to include 2016 with your guy Trevor Simeon, they lost, <laughs> they lost the identity. They lost that. And now they get it back this season because of Sean Payton. Yeah, he brings instant credibility and no nonsense. While it might hurt you and me a little bit, and me more so than you who's out there every day, I don't know what's going on over there, and I'm okay with it because I know the hard work is being done in silence. Um, Sean Payton gives me Mike Shanahan vibes, not because he's a winning coach, not because he's a Super Bowl champion, but because he has expectations. He's going to make these players stand up to those expectations. If you're not going to get the job done, there you go. Uh, a lot of people. There's are, the door. A lot of people asking about Russell Wilson, right? We're going to talk about him later in the show tonight. Sure, yeah. But this is marriage counseling with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. We're going to see if we can make this work. I'm going to bring in an outside guy, an outside therapist, the best. And I know we've got quarterback gurus all over the town, Cecil. Right. Everyone's a self-proclaimed quarterback guru. Well, what better quarterback guru is there than Sean Payton? If Sean Payton can't fix Russell Wilson, then nobody can. Right. And that's worth the price of admission, which is going to be free for Broncos country to come out to training camp where you and I will both be, and you never know who you're going to run into on the hill. Yeah. Yeah, the hill, the the greatest spot to watch practice from out there. So it's exciting because Sean Payton brings those expectations back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. Why can't they be the Jaguars, right? And I hate that I even said that. (laughs) Because that sounds so ridiculous, given the history of the Denver Broncos. We're talking about a Super Bowl-winning franchise compared to an expansion team that's never won much of anything. But that's how far this has fallen. And when Derek Wolf's on the drive and he's like, hey, you know, who turned it around that fast? He's like, Jacksonville did last year. And they did. They had Trevor Lawrence. It worked with Doug Peterson, a friend of mine. Like, that worked with them. We're going to learn if it works now and if Russ can make it work. And coming up at 630, we'll answer the question. My final third answer of what does Russell Wilson need to do this year in order to work out in 2023, we're going to know about this team. Sean Payton, there's no more mysteries left. Like, well, if they just do this, like, no. You're going to succeed with Sean Payton or you're going to be gone. Sean Payton was chosen for a reason, and he chose this place for a reason. How special is that? Broncos country, I get it. You've been clowned on all year. Last five years, maybe. We're going on the better part of a decade where the Broncos have been garbage. Mm -hmm. They're not getting primetime games. People are stopping tuning out. Let's forget about the attendance. Well, television-wise, they're not drawing as much as they used to, which is shocking compared to just knowing this nationwide fan base. 100%. So, Sean Payton, discipline. That's one of the first words that I think comes comes to mind when I think about Sean Payton. And he's going to do things his way. Like it or not, come hell or high water, Sean Payton is having things his way. So at the end of the day, if it doesn't work, a lot of this is going to fall on Sean Payton. But for me, man, I'm going to keep talking about it. The working in silence is so important. No more of the workout videos. Right. And I get that Russ just released all one. All in the video. And then RG3's out there. Broncos country, let's slide. First of all, RG3 can't carry Russell Wilson's shoulder pads. Period. I mean that. I mean, what has he done in the league compared to a Super Bowl winning champ, a nine-time Pro Bowler? I can go on and on and on. He's gotten hurt, and he pissed off Mike Shanahan. That's what Robert Griffin III did. I actually like him as an analyst. As a player, he, you know, Russell Wilson's got the scoreboard if we're going to talk Russell Wilson versus RG3. Right, but if Russell Wilson wasn't fixable, and I know we're going to get into that, why would Sean Payton be here? Is Sean Payton here for just another slappy year with 
Whoever's going to be quarterback? No. He chose the Broncos for a reason. It's more than the Walton Penner paycheck, which I know is fat. Significant. It completely shows you who's in charge of this franchise. Yeah. It's Sean Payton. No disrespect to George. You and I both like George a lot as a scout. We've got some questions. We've got some concerns. Right. But to finally know who's steering this ship is a relief. Yes. And it should excite a lot of Broncos country because the man that is steering this ship, he's going to get results. And we're going to have fun doing it. You ever heard of Club Dub? Club Dub? Club Dub. Club you know Dub. about Club Dub. Is this coming Club Dub? Sean Payton's going to be bringing Club Dub back to the Denver Broncos. All right. For those of you that don't know, in his introductory press conference, he talked about going to the New Orleans Saints ownership and asking for the state-of-the-art audio system. That way, when they beat teams on the road, they could celebrate and other teams can hear them celebrating. <laughs> Club Dub is coming okay, back. Sure. Huh? I have to now. Okay. Yeah, Club Dub is coming back, and it's coming to the Mile High City, and you haven't got a lot of wins if you're a Denver Broncos fan, if you're a Denver Broncos player, and these guys have got to be fed up and frustrated. It seems that Sean Payton is bringing culture. He's developing it, and I can't wait to see it happen, man. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and I like this Club Dub thing. Are we going to get in? We're going to get Dub? behind that velvet rope. Would he let us in? I would hope so. I would ask. I'd I would say, so please, well. I'd do everything I could. I would, uh, you know, stick to the strict media policy out there when I'm out there at training camp. All these sorts of things. But, folks, Sean Payton is here, and that is exciting. It's not just about going to Nuggets games, something the Nathaniel Hackett did last year. Right. right. Let's go to Nuggets games. Let's be seen. No. Sean Payton is the who's who of coaching staff in the NFL right now, and all eyes in the nation are glued on Denver. Right. They're glued on Denver for good reasons. It's Cecil Lamb. i got special guest Luke Patterson from Mile High Huddle. He's joining me here in studio for this hour. It's Denver Sports tonight. And, of course, you want all your uh, Broncos information. We've got our What If series going on right now in Orange and Blue today. It's me and Andrew Mason taking a What If look at things. Some of these are very painful because we talk about Sean Payton setting that culture. We did the What If Kyle Shanahan was hired in 2017. That one's tough. The toughest one is the season finale, which is before training camp in July. That was our what if Josh Allen was drafted. That one was tough. It was almost 40 minutes of almost tears. Mm. But the what if Kyle Shanahan, like, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for someone that can do what Sean Payton's just does naturally. Like, he's going to set the culture. You're going to listen to him. And I think you touched on something very important. The buck stops with Sean Payton. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. This isn't, and usually teams take on the personality of their head coach or their quarterback. Y'all can't take on the personality of Russell Wilson. Nobody's that cheesy, okay? And that's just love. I'm not saying that as a hater. You're going to take on the personality of Sean Payton. This is all about getting into clubbed up. 100%. When you talk about Sean Payton and how did Sean Payton get here, credit is due to George Payton and the Walton Penner ownership group. For so long, the Broncos have been wandering the desert as a franchise. Not just for quarterbacks, but when you know Cecil better than anybody else, being close to the Bolin family, uh, Mr. B's absence in God rest his soul has left a hole in the hearts of not only Broncos country, but the franchise in general. Mm -hmm. The Walton Penner ownership group took this last year, they took it on the chin, and they found a way to right some of those wrongs. Right. They spent the most amount of money in free agency that you you could spend. I know, I know, I know. They got to be the right guys. It's all about fit, right? Mm -hmm. Dirty secret in the league, something you taught me very early on. But... When I hear Vance Joseph at the mic, welcome back, Vance, by the way. Just he a sounds week, different. Just a week ago, he's saying Sean Payton's one of the best play callers in NFL history. People do not appreciate what Sean Payton's bringing to this offense. And if you have questions about it, come down this summer at training camp and see us because it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see the answers We're right back. there on the field. Thank you, Colin. 
Now that's 12 minutes without me going pro wrestling or having a Vance Joseph drop. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Denver Sports Tonight, Cecil Lammy, Luke Patterson from Maha Huddle. We're talking about the excitement around the Denver Broncos. Why do I feel then, and mostly this is from Twitter, which is largely a cesspool. I always laugh at people when they're like, it's so bad since Elon bought it. It was always bad. Okay. Like, I don't care who's running Twitter. It's always bad. It's always the realm of the lowest common denominator. Sandy would always say that, and I believe that it's true. Why do you feel, and you probably get it on your show at MHH, I know I get it, um, why do I feel some nervousness from Broncos country? Like, they, they want to buy in, but they've been so hurt. Do you get that same feeling from fans out there where it's like, you and I are telling them, buy in, buy in now, stock's low, buy, right? That's what Mike Pritchard would say. He's like, yep. look at the stock that's low, buy it, because it's going to go back up. Broncos are about ready to skyrocket. Why do I get the feeling there's fans that are like, yeah, I hear you guys, but I got to see it first? Because Broncos country's been burned. The Broncos have been burned. Scorned. I'm going to go LeBron. Not one, not two, not three, uh, not four. A million times the Broncos have heard. Russell two, Wilson. Three, <laughs> I told you Colin was on it. Not on it. No, the Broncos have been burned. This is the guy, Paxton Lynch. This is the guy, Trevor Simeon. This is the guy, Nathaniel Hackett. Case Energy. Keenum. Energy. You wouldn't believe the energy that Nathaniel Hackett Jesus. brings. Keenum. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe Flacco's in his prime. Like Grouchy Vic Fangio. Right. No nonsense. He's going to get the best out of this team. Mm-hmm. He's making meatballs. Death by inches. Making meatballs in Miami right now, and we're going to see him. Right? Can't right. wait for that. Right. Uh, but Broncos country's been burned. the meatballs and the pasta, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's they've right. Been, they've been burned. So it's like Shannon Sharp, right? Shannon Sharp says all the time. Skip. Yep. Come on, Skip. He says all the time, my ears work better than my eyes. My so, ears work better. No, no, than no. My, I screwed that up. My bad. My eyes, my work, eyes better work better than my, than my ears. Okay. There we go. How's that for a, for a snafu on the first segment? Uh, no. I got to see it. I got to see it, right? It, it, we're always talking about, are you going to talk about it? Or are you going to be about it? Broncos country is always about it. And you can't tell me that the Nuggets winning a championship, the Avs winning a championship. Let's not talk about what the Rockies are doing because nah. they're irrelevant. That's not putting pressure on this franchise. Russell Wilson being here. Oh, yeah. Sean Payton being here. Oh, yeah. Another wide receiver drafted when you've already got 600 of them isn't right. putting pressure on this franchise. Right. Show me. Show me. Show me the club dub. Show me the money, I guess, is where I was going with that. Show but. me the money! <laughs> I just want to drop movie references and see how fast Colin can get the drop. Because you're on it tonight. Broncos would be better off right now with Trevor Simeon. Wow. When did I say that? Stamp. I don't know, but I dug it up. Okay, you dug wow. it up. You're digging through the archives there. I've said a lot. I'm Usually proud of it's you. Brian, not that Brian. Yeah. That'll uh, hit us up on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. He'll be like, Cecil, do you remember on June 10th in 2011 where you said, blah, and I'm like, no, I don't remember what I said on last night's show. But listen to the podcast with the Denver Sports app. Either way. Well, I did find it if you want to know. Uh, <laughs> November 3rd, 2019. November 3rd, 2019. Yes. Wow. Okay. So who was quarterback in November 3rd, 2019? That was before Drew came in. That was before Drew came in. Well, it would have been, you know, one out of 600. So I probably don't have time to pull that up. No, yeah. man. At the end of the day, Broncos country is just so sick of hearing about how good this team's going to be. And right. we get that question all the time, right? Everybody's asking, what do you think of the Broncos? What do you think of the Broncos? People are already making predictions, which they should, right? It's the dead season. Mm-hmm. Never dead season here at Denver Sports. Uh, look, show me. 
period. And it starts at training camp. I'm going to know if this work in silence nonsense is really nonsense or if it's been paying dividends at training camp. These guys have to show up in shape. Derek mm-hmm. Wolf just talked about it. Right. They had dang well, almost got caught there, they had dang well know the playbooks, too. I'm tired of talking about quarterbacks not knowing their playbooks. Right. Uh, I'm tired of all these water breaks. I know it's in the collective bargaining agreement. I'm tired of the pace just being garbage. One-on-ones are back, Cecil. Mm-hmm. Show me with some one-on-ones. Get me to the pit with the O-line yep. and D-line. Seven-on-seven. Instead of Nathaniel Hackett saying that's not football, that's the foundation of how football is done. You're telling Seriously. me that fans aren't curious about Pat Sertan and Jerry Judy? Oh, yeah. Pat Sertan and Mims? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. The action is going to be at Centura Health Training Center this summer, but that's going to be our first glimpse. Injuries. That's something that the Broncos are very familiar Gotta with. Got to stay healthy. You look at what the Walton Penner ownership has invested in, in terms of nutrition, in terms of fitness, changing their programs. We're going to find out if that's going to work. Well, and I think with that investment, you brought up the money a few times, like... I think that investment creates pressure and creates expectation, but you should be fine operating with that. If you're Sean Payton, he loves it. Like, Sean Payton wanted the challenge of, can I get something out of Russell Wilson? Knowing that, it's house money. Sean Payton can come in, coach up Russell Wilson. If Russ doesn't work out, it's not on Sean Payton. No one's ever going to blame Sean Payton. Not yet. So he's got almost the house money of, I'm going to come in, I'm going to work with Russell Wilson, I'm going to get the best out of him, and if Russ just can't be good enough to win a championship again, I'm going to go get another guy. And that's the way it's going to be. So I think the investment from Walton Penner has caused this and created this because they're like, we're not going to stop short on anything that we can do. We're going to get you the facilities. We're going to spend 100000 on the turf for a game, right? Wasn't that the end of last year? Well, Everyone was falling all over themselves, and I thought it was a little ridiculous, honestly, Luke. But at now, when you look at it, you're like, this is an ownership group that's, hey, we're going to go out and spend. No, we're not going to do it every year. And Greg Penner said that. But they're going to do their part. Now it's up to you, Russell Wilson, you, Jerry Judy, you, Randy Gregory, it's on you guys to perform the way that we expect you to. I know that we don't know this ownership group yet as a, a fan base, as a city, as a town, but we're starting to get to know them. And I got to tell you, it makes me feel really good being a Colorado native, growing up, watching Pat Bolin's Denver Broncos with Mike Shanahan, John Elway. We can go on and on and on. Pat Bolin spared no expense. He spared no expense, as you know, Cecil. And Why are they number one in everything? The Broncos under Joe Ellis did not spare, spare any expense either. This has never been a cheap organization. But it makes me feel good to know that there's a familiar expectation of if we give you the resources, you had better put out and produce. Now, Sean Payton's not here to win two years from now. He's not here to win three years from now. He's here to win now. And his eyes are set solely on the AFC West. That is the big dog that you have got to bring down first before you make a postseason run, before you get to double-digit wins. These are the things. Short-term goals eventually get you to your long-term goals. And training camp, we're going to know if these guys have been working towards their short-term goals. Right. If they're, they're not going to be firing on all cylinders. You're going to see mistakes. You're going to see interceptions, fumbles, but you're also going to see learning. It's something Mark Schlereth talks about all the time on these airwaves. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton talks about it all the time in every press conference that he's at. Oh, yeah. It's about educating. And if we aren't giving these guys the best resources, the best training, the best knowledge, the putting them in the best position to succeed, it's ultimately on us. And that's a breath of fresh air coming from an adult who's finally in the room. Right.
coming from Sean Payton down to the players, to everyone training, everyone's on point. Everyone, It feels like the adults are back. It feels like the adults are in charge, and I don't want to besmirch anyone that was here previously, but it was hot, stinky garbage, by the way. Speaking of a, uh, that's a stinkism, right? He always talks about hot, stinky garbage. I always got to watch out between the stinkisms and the Troy Rankisms. I swear to God, Troy, and I've made fun of him. I've, I've asked him about this in person. Yeah. Because everyone's like, you're so mean. I'm like, I say this stuff to the people in their face. Like when I made fun of Chris Tomlinson for asking about Vance Joseph's parking spot and I said it on the air, like, we don't need that, Chris. Right. I said that to his face. Like, I don't care. Like, but I made fun of Troy. I was like, do you stay up at night, like riding your giraffe ride a bicycle stuff? And he said, yes. Really? Yes. He does. Troy is such a talented rider. I mean, he's so he well is. decorated. He is. Well and that's respected. why he's got competitive street out there. Yeah. Uh, there is a street sign. <laughs> I want to alert everyone out there, and you're going to see it when you're out at training camp, Luke, because there's a street sign that is bolted into the concrete. Full-on street sign, like the type you and I may have climbed and stolen when we were young. <laughs> anyway, uh, there is a street sign that says Compete Street. And Troy looks at it. He goes, it was Sesame Street last year. Oh, and I'm man. like, okay. And Dmax said Easy Street. I was like, I'll take either one. I'll take either one, and I'll do what Mark Schlereth is. I'll, I'll give you credit the first time I say it, and then the, from there on, it's mine. So, Sesame Street. No, it was Sesame Street last year. It's Competitive Street this year. Thank you, Sean Payton. Boom. I love it. And, and look. <laughs> I think so many times people are caught up in Sean Payton and Sean Payton's taking this tough persona. He needs to. This team needs to get to know Sean Payton. That's just football. Like you played football under Dave Logan, dude. Was Dave was Dave ever easy on you guys? Dave Mullen? Dave turned us into champions, and that was not through holding our hand and telling us we were the best thing right. in the world. You guys are okay. Let's you know, let's take a jog through today, guys. No, no Dave coached you up because that's what coaches do that's what football is that's you know that's what adults are supposed to do Cecil it doesn't matter if I like you can we work together right can we respect each other and can we get to a common goal because if you don't get to that common goal in the NFL you're out you're gone you're done Derek Wolf you guys all talked about it yesterday if you're not coming into camp in shape you're gone I mean, Sean Payton's out there. It seems like we got to check the wire every day because the Broncos are turning over one or two positions. I mean, hell, we're still looking for a kicker, Cecil. If Sean Payton's not satisfied with a kicker because he hasn't seen it yet, then just imagine how hard he's going to be on a pass rusher, a quarterback, a wide receiver, any position on this roster. I mean, he's talking about the significance of special teams. I know special teams has been garbage since 2001, believe it or not. The Broncos have been horrible at special teams, ranking near the bottom. But when Sean Payton is taking a heavy emphasis and a heavy look at special teams, that's got to encourage you. Yeah. It's the fine details. It's everything. It's, and it's three not phases fun. of football. It's not fun to talk about. You, I used to ask you at our first practice, what do you do during the special teams period? And I'd say, I'd just go to tweet. That's right. I tweet videos. I try to give up videos. And that's no disrespect to any special teams guy out there, but that's how bad it's been around here. I'm looking for these young guys in the draft. What's Riley Moss going to do on special teams? How about Drew Sanders? Mm -hmm. How about some guy named Mims who's been described as a speed demon and an absolute freak? You came on my show a few weeks ago, and you called him one of the best wide receivers in the room right now. Yes. That gave me goosebumps, Cease. Yeah. Well, I think wide receiver, you're going to see a cluster of talent out there, and then you're going to see 
who's getting dealt because there's not only one football, and uh, that's that could be problematic. We'll talk more about that. It is Denver Sports tonight. Cecil Lammy here. I got special guest Luke Patterson. He's from Mile High Huddle. Follow him on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. We're chomping it up about the Denver Broncos and. I have done a three-part series on this show. Every single day at 6.30, I tell you, what's the next thing that Russell Wilson needs to do? On Wednesday's show, I said, Russell Wilson, you need to listen to Sean Payton. On Thursday's show, I said, Russell Wilson, you need to protect your body. That means slide, you know, that means throw the ball earlier, don't hold on too long, you know, protect your body because you're going to take punishment. My third and final key I'm going to give you that key, Luke. You're going to give me a key. What does Russell Wilson need to do in order to work out in 2023? We'll tell you next. Can't wait. Cecil Lammy talking Denver Broncos tonight with you. Hope everyone's having a great Friday. And I've got my friend, Luke Patterson from Mile High Huddle. He's in here. You can follow him on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. I teased it, Luke. It's an industry term. What does Russell Wilson need to do to make it work in 2023? Wednesday, I said he needs to listen to Sean Payton. Whatever Sean says, that's what you do. Thursday, I said Russell Wilson's got to stay healthy. He must protect his body. Get rid of the ball faster, slide, and don't take as many hits. Tonight, I have my final answer, but I ask you, my friend, what does Russell Wilson need to do to make it work in 2023? He needs to change his entire philosophy definition and way of life when it comes to being a leader. And I think we've already started to see some of that. Really? 100%. Okay. Tell us how. First of all, it starts with your physique. And homeboy's looking good. I don't know if you see him at the Nuggets game. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks without their shirts on. So, (laughs) yeah. That's what I've heard. Yes. He's looking lean. He's looking mean. I get it. He posted a workout video. We could poke fun. I'm happy that he's adhered to Sean Payton's policy as well. Last year, the problem was the quarterback was bigger than the team was bigger than the head coach, and things got and out. It was of, bigger in the britches. Things got out of control. <laughs> yeah, well, right. Uh, things got out of control really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at it, and I hear Broncos Country Weekly, they talk about who is Russell Wilson. Well, I need Russell Wilson to get back to being the man, not Mister Unlimited, Mister Unlimited, not Team Three, yeah. not Twelve. All those guys aren't spots. in there anymore, right? I don't need any of that stuff. Right. I need Russell Wilson, the man. Before all of that, twenty fourteen Super Bowl champ, nine time Pro Bowler, second team All Pro for how many years? Walter Payton Man of the Year. This facade that Rush, Russell Wilson is just this fake quarterback. I don't believe it. I think he just lost his way. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. But you know what? I'm a believer in the Rocky movies. And I think Rocky, okay. Rocky, though, yo, Adrian, yeah. can treat you and teach you a lot about life, man. And I look at it as Rocky Three, right? When Rocky gets his, his Clubber Lang? Yeah, Mr. T. Mr. Key just T owns Rocky, and Rocky has to go back to basics. Where does he go back to basics? With Apollo Creed, the master, the guy who's mm-hmm. beat him, the guy that's right. done it. Maybe we should consider Sean Payton Apollo Creed. And he's taken Russell Wilson out of his comfort I like zone. I like that. He's taken him out of his comfort zone, and he's introducing him to a new style of leadership. And on this team, folks, Jerry Judy, you better be ready to block. Period. Because it's a tell sign if you're out there that you're going to get the ball via a pass. Mm-hmm. When Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are in. You know I'm, they're digging guys out. They're dogs. Yes. Absolute dogs. So if you're not willing to do anything and everything, no matter how big, no matter how small. Okay. You're in trouble on this team, and it starts with servant leadership. Servant leadership is something that Russell Wilson used to have in Seattle. 
And I'm not talking about just printing out playbooks for guys and giving you your assignments. I'm talking about willing to do all the dirty work. work. It doesn't mean that you can't have creative ideas, but who is Russell Wilson lifting up? Which teammates is he passing the load to? Who is he putting his ego aside for? That's what servant leadership is, and they do it by example, and I think Russell Wilson's trying this new style of servant leadership under Sean Payton. And I think it's important. Now I kind of wish I, this was my answer because it's not my answer. My answer is different, but I'll say this. Based on your answer about his leadership, I believe he just needs to be more relatable. That comes from working with guys, sweating with guys, bleeding with guys, like doing everything together, exactly how they started the offseason program. They didn't start the offseason program with, here's your playbook, learn the offense, get going. They started the offseason program with weightlifting and running. And when you can do that with your teammates, when you can show the dedication to your physique as he's done this offseason, I believe, and this is just me, and I've only been in the locker room once, and it was for rookie minicamp this offseason because they don't have open locker room during the offseason. But just being around the team, I see Russell Wilson, he's a little bit warmer around them. You know what I mean? Because there's not the team three. The team three could tell Denver last year when he was done practicing. Do we all know that? No. Do we all realize that? No. Like, I know people that aren't here. Per source. And please, yeah, don't analyze the Broncos if you're not here. Because if you're here, you realize Team 3 would be able to tell the Broncos last year he's done today. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Payton squashed that immediately. Immediately. And, and I think being more relatable to his teammates, we all know the story about he's sitting down at the lunch table and he doesn't say anything. And then when he chimes in, it's about his two butlers. Nobody has two butlers, dude. Okay? You do. Uh, that's about it. On that team, you're sitting around with a bunch of undrafted guys or whatever, and you're talking about your two butlers. Like, you need to be relatable. So even though I thought it was harsh when you brought, first brought it up, like, oh, that's a, that's a little much. Let's see if you can back this up. Talking about Russell Wilson's leadership in a different manner, I think is something he needs to do. I might have four things he needs to do. Relatability matters a ton. You're exactly right. John Elway, how many stories have you heard? Oh, those guys love him. Some of the best stories about John Elway didn't happen on the football field. They happened in the locker room playing cards or bowling at Mike Shanahan's house. These are the things that build chemistry, that build trust. Trust, another huge pillar. I'll bring up another quarterback that guys love, Jake Plummer. Boom. They loved Jake Plummer. That locker room was split when Mike Shanahan went to Jay Cutler because only a few guys, his party buddies, basically, like Tony Scheffler, only those guys love Jay Cutler. Everybody loved Jake Plummer. To this day, they love Jake. Hell, I love Jake. Sure. Like, he's awesome, and he's relatable. Well, and speaking of a Jake, you know, I was the devil last year when I wrote at milehighhuddle.com that Jake Heaps was murder- murkying the Murky quarterback the water. Yeah. It was horrible. How many quarterback guys do we need in the room? It's not a shot of Jake Heaps. The guy's done more in the no, NFL, nice and guy. he knows more Great about guy. quarterbacks than I will ever know. I'm not a quarterback expert. I'm never going to call myself a quarterback guru. I'm not going to promise to get your kid into a college. Just not going to do it. Here's what I am going to do. I'm going to look at what Russell Wilson is doing right now. and He's adhering to Sean Payton's system. He's working with Sean Payton himself. He's working with coach Lombardi. He's working with all of the new Broncos staff. I think people forget that too. Sean Payton is not the only new guy here. And I am super excited and proud that he held on to Coach Parker on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. Some of Broncos country is already wondering, I mean, is he the next DC in waiting if Vance Joseph does do well or doesn't do well? I mean, could we be looking at developing within? And the reason I'm talking about developing within, the Broncos haven't developed a lot 
lately, especially coaches. And when they do, Cecil, as you know better than anyone else, those coaches go somewhere else. They leave. They go bye-bye. And that's something that's a good sign. You want a Sean Payton tree to continue. Payton wants a tree. Everyone wants to be Mike Shanahan. Because Mike Shanahan's philosophies and coaching styles and coaches, plural, are all across the league. It is Denver Sports Tonight. Cecil Lamb with Luke Patterson. He's from Mile High Huddle. He's joining me tonight as a special guest here on DST. My answer is different than yours. It's not as sharp as yours. My answer is the final answer. He needs to listen to Sean Payton. He needs to protect his body. And bottom line, he needs to have fun. Because I've seen Russell Wilson not have fun on the football field. Last year, and this is I talked about a little bit last night, like he just tries to play hero ball. I'm going to do it all, guys. You can't do it all, Russ. Uh, I could make the argument you could never be that guy. Like you always needed the support of your running game, of Marshawn Lynch, of the Legion of Boom. Like you need the support of your defense. You needed the support. It's a team game at the end of the day, and Russell Wilson is very good and I know he wants to be remembered as one of the all-time greats, that's not going to happen. So what's going to happen? Can you be very good, work with everyone, and have fun together? Football's supposed to be fun. At the end of the day, you put in the work, you bleed, you sweat, maybe cry a little bit, um, but at the end of the day, you're out there playing a game. Have fun playing this game. Last year wasn't fun for anybody. And I know, even though he'll never publicly say it, because Russ always knows when the cameras are on, Russell Wilson didn't have fun last year. I want him to have fun this year. And then when you win, you can put the F-U in fun. There you go. And then when you're having fun, you're in Club Dub. <laughs> you're in the Club Dub Club, again. Club, Club Dub's Dub. fun. Uh, winning's fun. Okay. You know, it's not fun when fans aren't showing up, when right. you're losing, when you're getting sacked 55 times in when one Kyle season. When Kyle Brandt's yelling about you on NFL Network because you're not playing good football, right? That's not fun. No, I think that's a really good point, Cecil, and it's something that kind of goes by our heads. This game. Well, we don't. We all get serious about it. I remember Tyler one time. It was one of his first shows he ever did with me, and he was like, "We went to commercial." And he goes, "You take football way too seriously," and I said, "Well, it's my job. Like football is my job. Like I don't. I, I love other sports, but I don't pay attention to them the way that I focus on football. So yeah, we do overlook that because we're focusing on football. The guys, the fellas, Derek Wolf. You know what Derek Wolf did? He had fun." And you could tell in the way that he played. And you can tell in the relationships that he still yes. has in yes. this league. And yes. a lot of people do not realize how many relationships he still has with Baltimore Ravens players that are playing today. Not like a with Calais. A Buffalo Bills player that's Not like today. a Calais Campbell who I wanted to come over from Baltimore this year. I'm, mm-hmm. I know Derek was advertising for him as well. But look, man, having fun is so important in life in general. And But I got to push back a little bit. Mm. Is Russell Wilson relatable? Is having fun and playing cards with the guys something that would appeal to Russell Wilson? I don't care if it appeals to him or not. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. And yeah. Okay, so even if it's you know, like Melvin, fake it till you make it, Drew. Like he's got to he's got to have a shift, mm-hmm. and he's got to be relatable. You can't talk about your two butlers. You can't, right. you can't be the superstar celebrity. And the fact that he is that, God bless him. He's a great man. I've often said this, and I've told you the story when Ben Roethlisberger went through his stuff. I told my son, who was like ten or something at the time, and Liam has a bunch of jerseys, and I was like, "You're not wearing that one anymore." I could bring up Deshaun Watson for today. Like, you guys want somebody like Ben Roethlisberger running your team? Or you want somebody like Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson is a good man. He's a he's a type of player that we all can have our kids look up to, right? 
and that's commendable. But at the same time, his superstar stuff, I'm glad he gets to do those type of things. But when he's playing football, he's got to be one of the guys. And I think you'll see a shift to that this year. Well, and a telltale sign that he made that shift is going to be based on his player's attitude. Yes. Period. We're going to know if Tim Patrick's buddying up with Russell Wilson, if yep. Javante Williams is buddying up with Russell Are you Russell running Wilson. down there and high-fiving guys or not? It's that, that's, I always used to say that about John Beck. Nobody's going to know that except for our BYU fans. John Beck had a mouse-like cadence at the line at the Shrine game. And when his players scored in college, he wouldn't go celebrate with them. And I was like, huh. And there were some people promoting John Beck as some sort of player. He never made it in the league because he can't play because you have to warm up to your players. You have to be good. And to see those type of things, we're going to learn in training camp. Lots to say. It's Denver Sports tonight. Cecil Lamb, I got special guest Luke Patterson from Mile High Huddle joining me. And our final segment, Luke, this was your idea. Because I was like, I don't want to talk about the, what's going on with the Denver Nuggets. They want it all, right? They want it all. Let's take a little break. And you said, no, no, no. How about... Which Nuggets are like which Broncos? We're going to do a comparison, compare, contrast, and we'll do that next. I'm a fun guy. It's me, Jackie. Oh, give me that look. That's right. That's what's right. Oh, it's Denver Sports tonight. Colin on the ones and twos. Colin, you always have great music choices. So I appreciate you for that. That's what you need. Friday night in the Mile High City. Exactly. Friday night vibes. And we got it going for you right here. It is Denver Sports. I want you to sign up for that Denver Sports Daily. This goes to your email every single morning, hot and fresh. You have a life. We don't. Let us handle all of the Denver Sports news. It is denversports.com. It is our Denver Sports Daily, our free daily newsletter, and the website, no damn paywalls. So just check it out. DenverSports.com is where you go. It is. Okay. There we go. And uh, it is Cecil Lammy, the dulcet tones of Luke Patterson, Mile High Huddle, joining me here. Follow him on Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. And the final one was the final segment was a topic that you chose because you said, who is the Aaron Gordon of the Denver Broncos? Because I think everyone should love Aaron Gordon. Like, I loved Gordon when they got him. Unfortunately, you had the Jamal Murray, like, I think it was four games after that. Then he got hurt. Like, there was a window. There was an earlier championship window. People will say it's the bubble. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. But the championship window has been there for the Denver Nuggets. But Aaron Gordon was such a key piece, but he was such a different player for Orlando where he was the scorer. He was the guy. And then you get here, and it's like, you're not going to be the scorer, and you're not going to be the number one. You're not going to be the number two, and you're going to play defense, and you're going to rebound. You're going to, you know, wrap up LeBron. So you asked me driving here to the studio today, hey, who's the Aaron Gordon? And you had a pretty, ga- a pretty damn good answer. For me, the Aaron Gordon on the Denver Broncos, it's one guy and one guy only. It couldn't be anybody else. Nobody else. That's Timmy Pats, Mr. Tim Patrick, coming off of an injury. And the similarities between Aaron Gordon and Tim Patrick are really just off the page when you look at it. They're two of the most unselfish players on the entire team. Very true. So much 
of Nikola Jokic's credit, so much of the love that Nuggets Nation gives him, and now the respect that the world has finally given him mm-hmm. is because of his humility, because he would rather have his teammates succeed than him. You see that in Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick wasn't just pouting the entire time last year when he's doing rehab. He's trying to help his guys. Right. Heck, Cecil, he moved K.J. Hamler into his basement. Right. How much more committed do you need to get in terms of de- developing new talent? And really, Stink calls it mama-catting, right? You're going to mama-cat this guy along a little yeah. bit. You just got a couple of cats, right? They <laughs> sort of take care of each other a yeah. little bit. You've little got bit. to, as a pack take care of each other, and you've got to be willing to do the things that no one else wants to do. Not every wide receiver in the Broncos room wants to block. Let's just call it like it is. K.J. Hamler doesn't want to block. Jerry Judy doesn't want to block. Montreal Washington doesn't want to block. He's not going to make the team, so. Doesn't want to block. Notice how I didn't say can't. These guys are in charge of their own future. They're in charge of their own destiny. And you had dang well better see Jerry Judy trying to block a little. Be an effort blocker. I'm not saying he needs to be out there crack shotting linebackers or anything like that. Right. But it can't be an absolute tell that when Jerry Judy's on the field, it's probably a pass. That just, we can't do it. So when I look at Aaron Gordon, I look at Tim Patrick, they're unselfish players. They're tough as nails. Lots of dog in them. They never back down from the fight. Aaron Gordon, people don't realize what Aaron Gordon had to go through. He had to go through LeBron James <laughs> to win this championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, come LeBron on. James. He went through some of the best players. Kevin Durant. I mean, he went through some of the best players in the NBA, and he is a champion right now. And he did, he all, the, stopper. He did all the hard work when no one was watching. Mm-hmm. He's not promoting videos. He's not promoting himself. He's promoting his team, just like Tim Patrick did the other day at his presser. I'm going to promote my guys. I'm going to talk about K.J. Hamler and what I see him doing this year because Tim Patrick's work, it speaks for himself. Just yeah. wait. Mm, just you wait. Timmy Pats is a great answer. He is that Aaron Gordon. And all I want is a celebration. It's a celebration. I want a celebration like Aaron Gordon where I'm walking around shirtless downtown just having fun. With dreads? Just blasting. I'll stop at Richie's house. I'll be like, Richie, I'm, <laughs> I'm stopping in for the night. Hey, that works. Your hair's getting longer. My hair's long. We right. get those. I don't think. It took Aaron Garden a little while to get the dreads the way they needed to be. They're right. pretty. You got to go through that goofy stage when you're changing your hair. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm wearing a hat right now. That's I why I was wearing a beanie until Matt Smith made me take it off because he wanted to see my locks. Well, and you know, Back I've always said. <laughs> good old Sandy, man. The goat. Sandy. Sandy Clough, the goat. I've always said I have a face for radio, so I am happy to be sitting in this chair, baby. I always love when people say that, like, it's some sort of slam. Like, you have a face for radio. I'm like, Brian Windhorse is on TV, okay? <laughs> it looks like he ate the McDonald's. Oh, buddy. Uh, anyway, that is the wrap for tonight's program. Hope everyone has a great and safe Friday. Luke Patterson, thank you, brother. Thank you. Mile High Huddle, Luke Patterson LP on Twitter. Thanks to Colin on the ones and twos. I am Cecil Lammy saying, have a great weekend, everybody. Appreciate you all, and make sure to watch Orange and Blue today. It's on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and check out denversports.com. Everyone out there, appreciate you all. Stay tuned to Stay Frosty. See what I mean.